I am Grant Gustin. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce. And you're listening listening to the Flash Podcast. To Supergirl Radio. Mixer.com slash DC TV podcast. Welcome, Welcome. to the live podcast crossover between the Quiver, the Green Arrow podcast, the Flash podcast, Supergirl Radio, and Batwoman podcast. F- thank you so much for being p- patient in the live chat. We know, I mean, look, if we if we say 9 p.m., we really mean whenever we want to start, whenever we're ready. So, you know, it's, you know, don't listen to our, like, press releases on. We're never on time. I'm one of the hosts, Andy B, as always, and I have an amazing panel of hosts with me today. So first of all, from Quiver Podcast, we have Michael Cohen, Amanda Calkin, and Tim Jersey. How are you guys doing today? Hi, good. Hey, what's up? Good. <laughs> and this is this is actually the first time that me and Tim have both been on something associated with Quiver Podcast at the same time, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> Major disclaimer, yeah. I failed to tell Michael that I invited someone he knew, because um, I assumed <laughs> that he was he had read my post that I posted on his website, so, but... There, I mean, we talk very often, Andy, about how we really just do the, the show up record, and that there is a, like a much more talented team than us, like behind the scenes, actually putting the. Content, I mean, like a, that's why the... that's why Tim exists. Yeah, that's why that's why Tim is here right now. Tim is the guy who posts things on the website because I don't. So so I don't, I, read, I don't read Tim's posts either. So don't feel bad. Okay. <laughs> Tim, I read your post. I appreciate your post. Oh, well, thanks, Andy. At least someone does. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, do. I, I sometimes it shows up. Actually, I will say I get most of my Arrow news from the Arrow, like, either or the Quiver website or Twitter or... R2? No, there's no R2. Oh, <laughs> no, BB2, B, BB8. Okay, so, okay, now it's gone, so we can continue. Uh, from the Flash podcast, we have Andrew, Tayana, and Swar. How are you guys doing today? Hi. Hey. Hi, everybody. Yeah, I'm doing great in this parking lot outside the Panda Express. <laughs> I, <laughs> that Living is, your best life. Exactly. That's dedication. No, I literally just I just exited an interview and I had to come you know, do the podcast. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to park here. So, <laughs> here I am. And People might actually uh, not know that is the same Panda Express that Tati has been parked at for every crossover. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's our good luck charm. Oh, so you mean so so oh, so that's who she were last year when she wasn't on air with us. Uh... <laughs> she was listening, yeah. I don't think she was because I remember texting her like, you know, so what did you think? And you, and she was like, I I had to write things. I think no, maybe it was someone else. I'm, you... I'm pretty sure I was on that podcast, because I'm pretty sure I would not have missed the opportunity to talk about Barry and Iris getting married and also having their wedding stolen from them. That just sounds uh... like something. You have to go remind me. We, I'm sorry. Been, we haven't been on for five minutes. You and you're okay. We will continue. So <laughs> we have one member from Superway, but she's but she's just as super as Supergirl. 
Well, we I, thank Morgan, you. We have Morgan Glenda with us. So Morgan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. I'm not in a Panda Express parking lot, so I'm not doing as well as some other people here, but still, li- still living my life. And uh, from our our newest podcast on the network, uh, since you know, again, Morgan loves when I, when I add new podcasts to the their DC podcast network. Just, just keep adding them. It's fine. <laughs> I've well, given up. <laughs> I, we have verbal confirmation. She's giving permission. I will proceed. With us from Bad Woman Podcast, we have Rachel, the OG Rachel Eileen, and J- Jess. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, doing I'm good. I'm doing good, yeah. Okay, so I'm really happy that new Rachel is in the chat as well as OG Rachel on, on air because <laughs> now you guys can basically, you know, fight. You can, no, 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 behave. Duel to the death. There can only be one. So we we're all we're all friends here. We're all good, friendly Rachels. New Rachel, I'm taking applications for primary Rachel in my life. Just hit me up. No, she might have not. more to offer. Don't listen to her. <laughs> so we're here, as I said, to talk about th- this year's annual Airwars crossover, Elseworlds, which uh, consists of, and I'm, this is a clever thing. So I'm hopefully I will do this right. It's it, it will it will be the ninth episode of the Flash season five called Elseworlds Part One. Kevin Tancherone directed the episode written by Eric Wallace and Sam Chelson. Elseworlds Part 2 from Arrow, which was directed by James Bamford, with an episode written by Mark Guggenheim with the teleplay and story by Kellen Dries. And then Supergirl Season... What's season 4? I was like, which season are you on? Uh, I was going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> that is... This is why Rebecca should be here. Yes, yeah, Rebecca's island couldn't join us. She's on the trip as we speak right now. So, but she, she could be in the live chat listening to us and just not saying anything. So, Supergirl season four, episode nine, called Elseworlds Part Three, with Jesse Warren directed the episode, with story by Mark Guggenheim and teleplay by Derek Simon and Rob Bromner. So, first of all, before we start, I want to give a quick shout out to our some of our media people on DC Podcast <laughs> Network. Yes, you guys have seen probably the epic promo that we released. For this crossover, podcast crossover by David Jones and Mike Schmidt, who for the last, last three years have been blowing my mind constantly with everything that we, I think we started on this promo, I think in like in October, maybe something like that, because we wanted to be like, we wanted to be on time. So, made a shout out to them. If you guys have seen it, tweet at Big Rock DJ and at Mike Schmidt09 and tell them that they're amazing, because I'm pretty sure they will appreciate it. So, and people in the live chat, um, give us your feedback and thoughts, uh, because the other, all the hosts here are they're keeping an eye on the live chat. So if you have questions or thoughts that you want to have read, these are the people that uh, you will need to get their attention on. Because I'll be reading a Google Doc. Because that's what Rebe- that's what Rebecca would want me to do. <laughs> and disclaimer: This Google document is only two and a half page long. So it's 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 a lot shorter than I'm used to, and I don't know how to feel about it. Okay, well, as as a as an avid, as is very clear for people on Quiver, uh, we will not be referring to any Google documents. It's all right. It's all right. No, we feel real bad, but it was it's it's nice. We come in. There's color coding in this document and everything, and we will just, you know, right. neglect any of that and just talk from our hearts. Amanda makes me sound like a real amateur <laughs> podcaster. I'd like to point out that for all of my other podcasts, there are Google Docs, there are notes, there are. Okay, All sorts fine. of things, but I just don't. I just know Amanda can't really well, adhere to adhere to a structure. Yeah, because sometimes I just get inspired in the moment yeah. to rant about something random. <laughs> so it wouldn't be a true quiver element if that weren't the case here as well. So sorry. 
No, it's I, 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 this is what I love, you know, us just being weird, funny together, because we only get to do this like once a year anyway. So, so we're gonna let's jump into the crossover. Let's begin with you know the the, the, the biggie of this thing, which was um, the Elseworlds aspect with um, our two main heroes waking up. <laughs> And what they can't decide whether it's a freaky fight or a quantum leap situation. So <laughs> I'll go with Quantum Friday just to be diplomatic. And so oh, that's a good one. I, I mean, I, Freaky Leak. Yeah, Freaky Leap is kind of cool. I don't know. I oh. thought you, I thought you said Freaky Leak, which was like this is that, that, that sounds is, even better. That sounds even dirtier. Um. So so let's start with the Elseworld aspect, and I'm going to start with uh, with Morgan. What was it like seeing, you know, this twisted take on on reality from Earth One? I liked I liked the Elseworlds aspect. I thought that was really fun. I love the uh I guess I mean, yeah, it, the freaky Friday ish of seeing Oliver in Barry's life and Barry in Oliver's life and and I liked uh, you know, I, Oliver's maybe not let's say my favorite character in the DC universe, but I liked when, yeah. when he, uh, he, he's, he's got like a little bit of some, some too much brooding going on mostly, but, mm. uh, I, I liked him being, taking on a little bit of Barry's, uh, like a little bit of Barry's positivity. I was like, maybe he should, maybe he should keep that going. Maybe he should learn from that and be a little bit less brooding. Be great. No, we wouldn't have a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be it would be a weirder have, version of Arrow. That's for sure. Yeah, they have to cut it down to half an hour. <laughs> or they could do what they want to do, and what's really clear from this week's or this year's crossover is they could just turn Arrow into Batman if they really want to. They could they, just they, make it the Batman show. They could. I mean, I, I did appreciate that everybody dunked real hard on on Oliver the whole crossover, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I by the end, I actively felt bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, could somebody just be nice to Oliver for like a second? <laughs> I think he needs it. It's his shtick, though. He, he feeds up it. I feel like he'd be a lot nicer if Felicity would just kind of lay off of him for five minutes. <laughs> She even in the crossover, she's got a she's got to get all riled up about something, but. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yes, we we're sadly going to get to that part later. Uh, what, what, what was more crazier for you, um, Morgan? Was it seeing Stephen Amell in the Flash suit or Grant Gustin in the Green Arrow costume? That's a good question. I think the Stephen Amell in the Flash suit was was weirder for me. So I think weird. it's so the weird. chin. So yeah. weird. It's, yeah. the, it's the beard. Bad. Yeah, the beard, the beard, the chin. I like that he like never put up the he never put up the the top part so it was just kind of walking around in the flash suit is really strange the cuts are the weirdest when he has to pull it up over his head because you know that you can't do that easily where yeah. they're like we're just gonna cut away where he bends down throws it over his head and then we cut <laughs> from the front and he has it on very smooth smooth editing there well um let's take it to um to to rachel and jess uh what did you think about it uh, oh god it was awesome. <laughs> I'm like, um, I was, I just feel bad for Candace having to kiss like Stephen Amell, but I mean, <laughs> and that's not what she signed, signed up for. She signed up. She was like, I'm going to get a kiss Grant Gustin. He was in Glee. This is worth it. <laughs> and then they're like, but for the crossover, you have to pretend to be in love with Stephen Amell. Like that wasn't we worth it for anyone. And like, I just, nope. Imagine waking up to that in the morning. It just traumatized you. Traumatized <laughs> the person. That was our major takeaway, you know. I, I can tell. 
On the other hand, Grant Gustin looked great in the Arrow costume. So let's hear me out. We just get Grant Gustin playing both Oliver Queen and Barry Allen. He looks great in both. I mean, honestly, I would take it at this point. <laughs> Nobody else thinks we're funny, Joss. No, I no, I'm so I, sorry. I, I'm so I, I, sorry. <laughs> My Grant Gustin thirst came out too strong. I will tone it down. I will never be thirsty again. No, please be, be thirsty. Then I won't if be thirsty. If there's ever a time that I was thirsty for Grant Gustin, it would be him in the arrow suit. Because I was like, wait a I second. Just... Wait a second. It was a good look. <laughs> um, well, did you guys want to add anything else uh, before I hand it over to... Well, who am I going to hand it to? We will, we will see. But do you guys have anything you want to add? Who would was uh-huh. who did it better? Was it Oliver? Was it Grant as Oliver, or Stephen as Barry? Grant as Oliver. Definitely. Grant as Grant as anything. Grant as anything was better. But again, I have a lot of Grant Gustin thirst, so I'm not allowed to make snap Oliver. judgments on that topic. Steve Stephen as Barry just made me feel profoundly uncomfortable the entire time. I will say, okay, <laughs> as a as someone who maybe isn't as thirsty as everybody else is for Grant Gustin, but um, <laughs> Oliver did a really good job when he had to like channel Barry like with with the people like I don't know he has a certain sensitivity to like understanding individuals in a way that Barry just is kind of oblivious to so I don't know as much as Barry sort of pulled it off when he was wearing the costume when he was actually trying to fight or do stuff that Ollie would do that sunny disposition didn't serve him as well as being able to like get into it like it's sort of because you know, we've spent seven years getting to know the various shades of Oliver Queen in the suit and outside of the suit. And I would say there's two parts to it. And the outside of the suit version of Barry was much less put together. 50 shades too much of Oliver Queen. Solid. Um, before we continue, I got to, because he's, he's listening all the way from Australia, which I guess it's like, it's the times are weird. So a little shout out to my buddy Ryan Cunicom from Australia, which I can't do a good accent of. But uh, thank you for tuning in. I don't know what time it is, but it is either... I want to guess it's morning, but I'm probably wrong. So, um, <laughs> to my to my flash peeps, uh, what did you think about? Because because we we've, we've discussed this on the flash pocket this whole season. Swara has been like he's been going to therapy because of the pictures. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am still disgusted, like <laughs> seeing Oliver actually wake up in Barry's bed next to Iris. It was just. Oh god. Just uh, absolutely traumatizing and <laughs> so wrong. Just so wrong. I I thought it was fun. I enjoyed the swap and I thought that um Candace played off Steven really well and Steven gave it right back like because he got to be like a little bit confused and like shocked, you know, and awkward yeah. about it. They had a really good chemistry in that front. And then, of course, Grant and Steven playing it off like, you know, you better not touch her. I'd be like, I didn't touch her. I'd be like, you thought about it. That whole thing was so funny. Um, so I really enjoyed that part of it. But I'm going to right off the bat be annoying uh, and point out, like you said, our two main heroes switched. And last I checked, the crossover was supposed to be about our three main heroes. But it didn't feel that way. It felt like it was about Barry and Oliver. So that bothered me That's that true. there wasn't a switch. Yeah. Ara. And that there wasn't a lesson to be learned for her. Um, yep. And we can get into the other parts later on. I think that we're kind of talking about part one right now. But in part one, I definitely felt that. So while I was enjoying all the community, and I liked very much um, 
Oliver having to see things from Barry's perspective and like learning that sometimes it's okay to, you know, be happy and, and Barry kind of like tapping into a little bit of the darkness that we can assume was going to haunt him a little bit later on down the line. I like that, but I really wanted more for Kara. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Kara's story was something we've seen in again and again. And just about, I mean, like we love it, her relationship with her sister. That's the main crux of the Supergirl TV show, but what was really new there, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Oliver and Barry got to learn things about each other and Kara was just like, I'm awesome already, uh, which is not a, 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 like a super compelling story, but I mean, agreed, but seriously. Yeah, she was a public voice. Yeah. They needed yeah. help. She helped them. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, because I think that that's a, a role that women tend to fall into in stories written by men. It's yeah. like, oh, they're already awesome, so you don't have to worry about them. But it's just because we don't want to delve into writing for them and giving them the story that would give the art you know yeah oh my god morning magnolia gave the best comment and um agree i feel cara was the hall monitor between barry and oliver yes <laughs> so now well, there's a an... well andrew what did you you've been quiet what did you think about this i yeah i i would kind of echo what you guys are saying i think that the maybe it's just because i like iris and i like barry that it feels like they're kind of contagious whenever someone has a scene with them um, they take their tone. So seeing Oliver in that scenario was one of the only times where him being so buttoned up and serious, it's just inherently funny to see him thrown into something that he's completely unequipped for. Um, and I like them. I, I, I thought the two of them were, were great. You know, you could have put two different people from these shows together in a scene and it wouldn't have worked as well. Right. But, uh, no, I dug it. I mean, I, I also agree with what you guys are saying. Like, when we get later, uh, I think it, I don't think it was in this episode, but where they end up all in a jail cell together, I was just saying, like, why isn't this the entire crossover? It's just <laughs> Barry and Oliver and, you know, Kara having to be the the person that's kind of, like, I would even settle for her being the person that pushes them apart to kind of focus on it, even if it means that it's less fun uh, in like the kind of zaniness of the plot, but in terms of the actual Elseworlds, while I will say, I think we can debate whether or not this even qualifies as anything related to Elseworlds. Uh, I thought the tone of it was yeah. pretty. Yeah, like instead of, I mean, I guess like the Elseworlds were the alternate realities being made by the Monitor's book and Doctor. What was his name again? Deegan. I th- yeah, Deegan. Uh, it's like, hey, let me do this scenario, that scenario. So it was almost as if he was the comics creator for an Else World, the Else Worlds we saw during the crossover. Well, you, Not exactly, yeah. No, I was going to say that it, today, Guggenheim uh, said in an interview that apparently they were initially going to call the crossover Identity Crisis, but they felt like it wasn't appropriate because of the story that they were telling here had not, no relevance to. Right. Elseworlds makes more sense than Identity Crisis, that's for sure. Yeah. And honestly, the Identity Crisis, that means that, you know, we would have to, you know, maybe see Sue Dibney, and we, we, you know, I don't think we had time to do her in this, so um, I'm okay with the fact they call it Elseworlds, and um, I mean... I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm like Andrew. I would have been fine if they just been in, in the jail all all episode yeah. long and just constantly getting. <laughs> yes. I mean, listen, the rejection that Laurel Lance gives off screen 
that was hilarious. Maybe the best thing Katie Cassidy has done while not being on the show. Not and... <laughs> the best part of the crossover in general, just to be clear. Yeah, because <laughs> because Arrow hates people never let me have Laurel in any of these damn crossovers. So it's you know she gets to be awesome off screen, you know. Although you know she although a bit a shout out to Katie Cassidy because she just got married this week and her dress yeah, was amazing. Oh yay. Oh yeah, but to Andrew's point about Candace, like that you could have put two other people in and it wouldn't have worked as well. I do want to just give her a shout out because she has, like, she really makes scenes work with like anyone, you know. And I think it's always fun when they give her a new dynamic to play with, which isn't very often, unfortunately. Um, so it was nice that for at least one episode this past we got to see her play off of someone that she normally does not. Well, let's take it to the quiver people, and 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 because Michael <coughs> didn't know Tim was coming, I'm letting Tim go first. So Tim, what did you think? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, that concept, it's something we've seen before in a bunch of like superheroes and comic book stories, but it was done really well in these episodes, I thought, and just seeing Barry and Oliver <laughs> switch up roles was just a lot of fun to see throughout the whole crossover, but in particular, this very first episode. I mean, just seeing them first try to get used to their abilities. I mean, Oliver, the Flash dude on his first mission, like going a little overboard and even using this classic line saying you have failed this city and getting grief from each other. It is all great. I love that part too, where they're in the uh, holding cell at Star Labs and they're both trying to get the other to do something that they're not necessarily comfortable or know how to do to get out of that situation. And they both discover or got talk into one of each other to realize to get the best out of their abilities to get out of there. So just a lot of great stuff, but it was just more fun than anything, seeing them trying to deal with their power powers and go back and forth and kind of giving each other little jabs here and there throughout the whole episode. So I thought it was great and lots of fun. Amanda? Well, I mean, I think I'm. it's so great to have this like live chat because a lot of the things that people are sort of saying in the feed is making me rethink and sort of evaluate a little deeper what I think of stuff. One of the things that I think um, that's also unfair and people were commenting on it is that Barry got to do the opening to Arrow, but <laughs> that it didn't really work the other way around. And I, I mean, that was kind of cool. And I think very much like an arrow thing that they were like, oh, we're going to give um, Barry this opportunity to sort of pretend to be Oliver Queen. And I guess maybe that feeds into my earlier thing where I was like, I think that Ollie did certain things better as Barry than Barry did as Ollie. And this was just like trying to be Oliver Queen, like as a as Oliver Queen. Um, but the thing that I liked is that there's certain moments that Stephen Amell does really well um, that he doesn't get an opportunity to do very often on Arrow, and that is, like, the lighter, like, to be a little lighter and to have lighter moments. So having him be able to recognize his flaws and just be kind of silly when he, like, overshoots, like, he misses where he's supposed to go and has to come back and Barry and Kara are giving him a hard time. He goes with it and kind of gets to laugh at himself, and I really like that, like, that opportunity for him to be a little outside himself. It's kind of like the whole point of this crossover is to really get at the core of these characters, and, I mean, it was a little heavy-handed in The Flash when... Iris is all like, don't let being the arrow change who you are, even though I just found out that you're not who I thought you were. I can see from the beginning you're going to make a dark choice. Anyways, but I think it worked really well for Oliver to get to see and embrace the things that make him like hard and, and who he is, and I think it worked. So, I don't know. I like I like the crossover. I think it served it. Well, I like what they did for that in the crossover in that it like it worked well for the two of them um you, like i understood what they were going for and like but i don't know if it i don't know if i cared to watch three hours of it so <laughs> we'll get that's to. a different 
Michael, what about you? Because I know you and I, we've talked about it on Facebook a lot, and you were you were stoked for this. So this, did this live up to your expectations? Not even remotely close to my expectations. <laughs> <laughs> last wow. year, last year's crossover was what? such a well constructed, yeah. um, very tight in terms of storytelling and sh- and and um, just sort of like the act structure, and even even to the point of like. They didn't. They never lost the thread over the course of four episodes last year. Mm-hmm. Even though each episode served its cast specifically, mm-hmm. whereas this crossover, the good thing about it is that this is a story about Barry and Oliver. I think that it's really cool that that to sort of come back from last year that was such a large uh, ensemble story and it involved everybody and it was kind of like how many heroes can we cram into one scene and all of that stuff was awesome this year let's take a breather and let's do a more personal story about these two characters and where they're at in their lives these two guys that are friends that we don't get to see interact very often Mm -hmm. that actually have really great chemistry together so I liked that but that aspect of it also made it very difficult it it shouldn't have but that's guggenheim for you he takes the easiest thing in the world Mm -hmm. overcomplicates it and does it poorly Mm -hmm. um and like with at quiver we're a little bit we're i think that we're probably a little bit more sensitive to this than than the rest of you because we've been podcasting about arrow for seven years or this is the seventh year. And uh, those first two years were awesome. And then Berlanti and, and Kreisberg left. And uh, and Guggenheim was left to run the show. And he started refrigerating women left and right. And making mm-hmm. characters do really ridiculous stuff. And, um, and just focusing so much on Felicity harping on the rest of the characters. And it got really tiring. And then they said they were getting rid of him last year, and we like threw a party, and we were like, "Oh, thank God, finally, we did." did. And then here comes the crossover, and the first episode's pretty good. Mm -hmm. The second episode, obviously because it's written by him, has his fingerprints all up in it, Mm -hmm. and he he did story work on the third episode, so you can see where there's some of his problems there as well, and. So it's kind of tainted to me because there are there are several sort of Guggenheimisms uh, <laughs> oh uh, throughout the the crossover that that break the 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 structure of the story. They completely derail the action and any sort of forward momentum. Most of it happens in the second episode, so I'll leave it. To but thankfully. Our three main heroes of Oliver, Barry, and and Kara manage to anchor it and bring it, always bring us back to what's important. And yeah. it's a, it's a, the journey of these three characters. So, although Kara didn't get to do very much, obviously uh, Ollie and Barry got to do way more because they're switching and all of that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Kara did get to well, as like the hall monitor thing. I think is pretty apt. We had it. We had yeah. them. Next year we'll have the anti-monitor, but we also had the hall monitor this year, so that's good. But I think more importantly, she had to play that role because they had to establish with her that 
that Deegan can't affect her. Because if they don't do that, then Superman can't come in in part three and effectively save the day because Deegan would just rewrite him. Right. And that's like that really is. And and again, this is this is Guggenheim all over it. They're very clear from a from a writing standpoint that you need to hammer home the fact that our our uh, uh, what Earth are they from? Thirty eight. Is that the one? Thirty. Yeah. Our, 30 or whatever whatever number it is those heroes are who we're going to rely on to really save the day because they can't be rewritten in this reality he'd have to go to their reality to rewrite them that is that is absolutely a concrete rule within this story but it is so poorly executed and never actually expressed and like that it's so that to me is why Kara has to sort of remain on the outside and also in the first episode so that she can be the one to sort of say to everybody like no this is a for real thing I can see them as they're supposed to be and you guys are seeing this from a weird perspective so I don't know like I I thought that that dynamic with the three of them worked well and I I Oliver playing Barry uh, for anybody who watched the second Ninja Turtles movie, they will all they will see is Casey Jones because <laughs> that performance. It was just a hundred percent Casey Jones, start to finish. Um, it, like every yeah. time he made yeah. a joke or smiled or whatever, I was like, "You're just doing Casey Jones." And explain a break here, but Amanda and I met Stephen Amell in person. <laughs> we interviewed him back in season two, and uh, that character let's use quote marks for that is actually just Stephen Amell like yeah, that's yeah, just him yeah. the the way that he goes like hey I'm I'm still getting the hang of it that's just Stephen Amell <laughs> that's the way that he talks normally so um yeah I like I don't think that there was a lot of like real uh acting muscles getting stretched there that's not to say that it wasn't good it's just like I he wasn't like digging deep for that I think he was just being a little bit more of a normal human being than Oliver is often portrayed as. Well, for me, I thought, you know, and I was, I, I, I've told most of you guys already that went back in the fall that I was really nervous about this aspect because I was like, why can't we just have like, you know, this kind of just sleep adventure without, you know, a weird factor with? Like, I mean, I kept saying that they're legending, uh, they're legending of tomorrowing this without the letters of tomorrow in it. Um, <laughs> This, I mean, if w- the Legends of Tomorrow were in it, there'd be more like puppets and like oh, unicorns. I want, <laughs> listen, I want a Grand Gustin puppet. Like, I cannot stress. <laughs> we this. could have had it all. We, oh, well, we, I will get to this later. Um, but I was, I will say this: this was, this worked for me more than I expected it would. Because I've always said, like, I, I hate that Oliver on air is that this version of Oliver Queen is so brooding and so like. I mean, he's the poster child of you know emotional man pain so but to see him being getting like yes he was b- pretty much being Stephen Amell in a flash costume but you know what i was like i will take it because he's been so dull for the past three years sometimes with a few exceptions here and there i mean i think i still think he was phenomenal in the 100 episode i think that was one of his best performances and for me i i thought this was just it was fun to see it to see grand being i mean <sighs> It, the next time I see him, I'm gonna be like, "Boy, I wear all the red you need on the show, but in real life, I need you to be in all green because this is a good color on you." Just saying, <laughs> um, and then I'm sure I will be taken away by you know security guards, whatever. But uh, no, 
I think he was so... It was fun to see him channeling a little bit more of his serious side. And, you know, like him just have Because the the thing that... The, the, my favorite scene between them, at least in part one, was when they were... I mean, they were yelling at each other about enjoying each other's powers, you know, because Oliver doesn't... En- I mean, Oliver doesn't have power, but Oliver doesn't get to have fun being the Green Arrow. But Barry somehow found a way to do it. And, and Oliver, for once, got to have fun being, you know... Any type of hero, so I thought it was a nice contrast. Um, I I've completely forgotten about Oliver shooting two arrows in Barry's back. So when that happened, I'm like oh, for some reason I forgot this. But this feels so yeah very satisfying. Um, it was. It, I mean, I I think the Elseworlds part worked. Um, could I have done it without it? Probably because we could have then maybe focused on, you know, maybe getting a way for Kara to have a bigger story with whatnot, maybe getting more Batwoman and so on. But like, I thought it, this was fun. I loved this. And I, you know, but again, they could have, I I don't know, like, it, we could have had more change-ups, I guess. Maybe other characters could have sw- switched lives and so on. Like, you know, it would have been, what if, you know, what if Cisco had been the Felicity of Team Arrow and Felicity had been the Cisco of Team Flash? It could have been something like that. But that means that I would have to, you know, be okay with Felicity getting story on the Flash, and I don't want to. So I, I will t- retract my statement. Um, they didn't Although know- honestly, she's best on when she's on the Flash. That is I've true. That is true. Um, Who's best on the Flash? Felicity. Felicity. Oh well, yeah. I mean, the Flash writers, I think, have the right tone for her. For sure. As long <laughs> as long as Guggenheim isn't writing Felicity, she's a good character. <laughs> that too. Um, but yeah. I also have to say, like, um, while I was very upset that I didn't get a kiss between Barry and Iris in their final scene, I was, like, on the floor over it. <laughs> okay, so, but here's the thing, because what I didn't like about Arrow was the fact that Felicity and Ollie did kiss. So right, I would, we should have swapped that. I would have given you that kiss yeah. because that kiss it moment seems to be uncomfortable. Egregious in Arrow, and I was like, really, of the two people that should have kissed, it really should have been Iris and Barry. So I I totally back that claim as well. Yes. (laughs) Third. I just think that they did such a good job of like, just because it's like it was so fun and lighthearted to watch Barry and I, Barry and Oliver swap places, you know. But then it's like it is like a real ordeal for Iris, you know, like her entire life is flipped. The man she thought was her husband was not her husband. Now this other dude shows up, and suddenly she's like, I guess I'm in love with this dude instead. Um, And also. As much as we don't believe that Barry's going to turn, you know, dark like Oliver, for her, knowing all the stuff she knows that Oliver he learn, right? So I thought they played that really nicely. Well, since we're still on the Elseworlds aspect, you know, let's, we need to talk about, you know, the Trigger Twins. Oh my god, it's, I can't believe, I still can't believe it's a name. I still can't believe that these are characters that exist in a comic book, in, you know, published by an American company. And the Trigger Twins, the Twins, um, even though they look nothing alike, um, we had dark. <laughs> we had black suit Superman. We had bad boy Cisco. I don't know. Um, My king. He was did you great. mean? Um, a remotely useful Jimmy Olsen for once. And um, <laughs> how dare oh, you? Geez. He came out. Of, he came out from under the desk for this. No. <laughs> oh, more than just stand there and say, "Sit here on both sides." <laughs> well, well, any, well, okay, well, and, all, and also Tati made uh, mention no Nora, where I mean I understand it was like right. a different else worlds thing, but still like maybe just one scene at least or yeah. It would have been funny to see Nora treating Stephen like her dad, right? And also, 
it would have been a different actor. Oh, because oh, Jessica Parker. That would have been even like, more painful. Handy. You had to bring like another actress in to be like, this is what Nora would look like if <laughs> Mary was Oliver. Oh, oh my god. Well, what would Pat and Stephen Mills' love child look like? Nope, let's, let's not let's not even think about it. Going down a weird. That's the worst thing I've ever imagined. Well, okay, okay, Morgan. Let's start with you. Like, what did you think of the second aspect of like this reality rewrite? Like, did you prefer? You know, talk about. I I just want to hear you talk about Jamie for, just for a second. <laughs> just talk about. Listen, I mean, there's a lot of disrespect for Jimmy. He came out from under his desk home to do some work in this crossover. And I feel like he's not getting enough respect. <laughs> At least he wasn't guardian. I mean, there's that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I liked the uh, I liked the second part of the crossover uh, with. With the what were they called? The trigger twins. It's so weird. The trigger twins. I like getting to see Gary show up. That that made me happy as <laughs> that, a that was hard. Legends podcaster. He needs to be a, bar- a bartender in every timeline. Yeah, I think that that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. He was the you know he's the runner up employee of the month at at the time bureau. He can be a bartender in his spare time. Uh, no, I mean this. Some of it was a little bit like. I thought we were going to be introduced to all of the characters as, like, completely different, you know, really fun versions. And we really just got, like, um, mob boss Cisco, and that kind of felt like it. Like, everybody else was just kind of a buttoned-up, like, DEO agent. Or am I skipping to the third part? They've all smushed together for me. Yeah. The uh, the one was the second one. Which one was the second one? Be real. It was Batman on Arrow. It's the, yeah, our one when they visited Gotham. First really good episode Gotham. of Arrow in a real long time. We're taking that one. <laughs> I, okay. I disagree with that. I think that Arrow's been really good this season, no, and I think fair. this is the worst episode of the season so far. Sorry, when you get to us, we will talk more yeah, about okay. it. Okay. No, it, it, it's all right. It's all right. Um, Trust me, I have things to say about Batwoman when we get there. <laughs> yeah, should we just talk about okay. Batwoman? Well, I feel like that's... Okay. Well, Okay, so no one else has anything else they want to say about. I mean, no one was talking about dark suits. I mean, we can talk about it in the in the showdown finale. So, oh I yeah, feel like he was mostly. I feel like he was again mostly in the the last episode. Yeah. There right. was a lot of there was. I will say, as a as a Supergirl radio podcaster, it did kind of feel like there was more Superman in this thing than Supergirl. Yes. Um, which, mm-hmm. <laughs> listen, I understand, like, we don't get Superman much, and we get Supergirl all the time, and she's great, and she's better, but <laughs> it did feel a little overwhelming, the amount of Superman we got, as opposed to the amount of Supergirl, especially when you compare that to the amount of, like, Barry and, and, uh, and Oliver that we got in the crossover, it really yep. felt like, from all sides, Kara, Kara got the like the short end of that stick. Like she was pretty much one of the least utilized of the main characters in this crossover. When like the guest superhero is getting more screen time than you, like that's not great. At least they called it out though in Supergirl, where she sort of says, "Why did you dress up like the dude version of me? Because you're scared of my gender." I don't know. I feel like that was a, like, a little bit of a comment on. Yeah, they yeah, were at least. They were at least like, like, let's try to let's try to lampshade this a little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit for you guys, and then let's just lock her in a, a containment cell and leave her there for the, the rest of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, we got we got Dark Supergirl last year in the crossover. So if they had done Dark Supergirl, yeah, this- no. I, I think I we agree. Michael, but Michael, they don't have. Michael, I agree. We don't need it. We don't so. need. 
don't we don't need a dark Supergirl every yeah. year. I mean, maybe I mean, maybe we do. But I mean, have you been to Russia lately? Well, she's still she's still under there. She's still punching oh, yeah. those rocks. I have the tigering. She she's not ready yet. Right. That's an even better yet. reason to not have Dark Supergirl in no, the crossover because that's, like, that's obviously going to be the second half of the season on Supergirl. So yeah, they made the choice to tell the story of a Dark Superman. You know, they didn't have to make that choice. It's not sure. like they were constrained by that has to be the case, and that's why they can't use Supergirl. They chose not to use Supergirl, just like they chose which characters were going to cross over, like which actors were going to get an extra paycheck and which were not. And I don't love their choices, but you know, I guess it is what it is. But anyway, so. I think I think logistically it makes more sense just from like a production standpoint to bring in a guest star, um, and and to avoid the the doubling as much as they could. I uh, you know like having having uh, someone play two characters at once. Um, you could have more dialogue heavy scenes between Kara and and. And Deegan as Superman, right? Yeah, so, like, I don't know. I think that there were, like, logistical things that were part of that decision. I think it was also just, I, I, people like this version of Superman, and I think they wanted a place to showcase that character. Um, but, that, and, but that doesn't and mean that's, that's I think, I think that that's fine. I think that Supergirl gets, gets a lot of focus on, on her own show in a, in regular episodes. Bringing Superman Honestly, I'd even disagree with that because yeah, there have been so many episodes and arcs where it feels like Kara's not actually been the main focus, where it, she's not the main active player, and it's mostly like her reacting to what's going on around her instead of being proactive. Like this has been talked on Morgan, you and Rebecca have talked about yeah. this often. Uh, Tati, you want with the ladies of Gumption have talked mm-hmm. about this a lot. So yeah, like the entirety of season two. Yeah, right. season, oh, yeah, season two, yeah. the dark days of season two. Well, yeah, no, I, I agree. Sometimes Kara gets lost in her own story, uh, which is unfortunate. And it did feel a little bit like that in the in this crossover. I just felt like as an arc, she started the crossover and left the crossover in pretty much the exact same place. Well, OK, I, so, I just, hang on. Mike just whispered something to me <laughs> and I have to say it out loud because I feel like other people probably think this is us. And he's like, do people just hate the own show that they podcast about? Because we quite love Supergirl. Like when we're sitting over here being like, they're doing everything right. Yeah. I mean, when I watched through Supergirl season three over the, over (laughs) September, getting ready to like getting caught up for the crossover. I, I really liked Supergirl season three. And then I talked to Andy about it and he's like, Oh, everybody hates Supergirl season three. And I was like, I don't. I, what I will huh? defend. What? I will Rainiac defend. Five is the greatest. We, I don't we, understand. We, hey, we did not. Objection, objection your honor. Supergirl season I, three. I've, I've given good critique about Super Season. I said that Lena Luthor was awesome. Her shoulders were awesome when they were out. Lena is the best. Rainiac Five Lena is awesome. Is the best. I think. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with season three was that the first part of it was really strong, and then the back part of season three fell apart weak. a little bit. Yeah, but we know it just sort of shambled to a finish, and we know why. There were some reasons why. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How about we do? Well, it works really well when you binge it. I that it was fun. I have a proposal to everyone. <laughs> In the new year, at some point, all of us we switch. For one week, we switch parties with each other. Because actually, Andy, someone... don't even with that because that was, was the about, idea I was, for I was about this to episode, you. <laughs> and you said no, so that's not happening. That was on principle. That's Michael, not happening, Michael. Michael, I don't think I can channel you during Christmas season. I just think, don't think I can. 
take take it up <laughs> with me after the new year and we can like Michael, I love you, but trust me, like if I had to like I can't be in your mindset when it's like when I'm in a month where everything is supposed to be happy and snowy and Christmassy and so on. Yeah. Like it's it's <laughs> I, I struggle. Um Are we I just no this bad. live feed is so great and just shout out to something that happened 18 minutes ago that I didn't pay attention to where Alex R said at least Felicity didn't interrupt Clark and Lois to say that she was pregnant also can I just that, is that I have read it would have been amazing if she just like rolled out from behind like an ice sculpture oh. So just good. so you guys well, if, know. Well, if, well, that's probably why Guggenheim only had story credit on that episode because he <laughs> had yeah, it. Right. Well, anyway, okay, screw Mark Guggenheim. Let's talk about something that hopefully most of us enjoy. We we went to Gotham City finally after years of teasing and sh- foreshadowing and Easter egging and nodding and so on. We went to Gotham freaking city. And um, trivia mostly not shot in Vancouver for once, and, and we got to meet Kate Kane, aka Batwoman, as well as get some kind of context on what's going on with the Batman of Earth One, because we pretty much feel at this point know that on Earth eighty eight, boy's good. He's frenemies or friends or, or, or he's lovers with Superman. Who knows? But lovers. Uh, I mean, listen, I still ship Henry Cavill Ben Affleck very much. Don't have fan fiction yet, but like you know, I should I should Benry. Leave me alone. Don't judge me. Um, so you can get you the fan fiction. I'm sure I was will. like, I can find that. Do you want that? I've got I've got the Benry fic pulled up already. Okay, what when? Let's okay. move on. Let's move, let's move on. Um, so I'm gonna start with let's start with um with the cover people and I'll start with, start with Tim again because also he does a Batman related podcast so I want to get his takes on this um, what do you think of the introducing of Batwoman and this version of Gotham City that you know is slightly different from, from the others we've seen before yeah well kind of what you were just saying Andy after years of teasing and easter eggs and even just wondering if Gotham City and Batman even exist in this universe and just the fact that it got confirmed and like I don't know if it was last season where Oliver name dropped Bruce Wayne and several characters mentioned Gotham. So we knew it was there, but like, does Batman exist in this universe? And I got to say, I have a lot of expectations and excitement of going into this episode and how they'd handle it. And for the most part, for me, being a Batman fan, I thought they delivered pretty well as far as establishing he has been there, why he's not there. And yeah, it's kind of like an easy out saying he's been missing for three years. But to be honest, my big worry going into it was that Batman doesn't exist here. Like Bruce Wayne exists, but he's never been Batman. And that I would have had a problem with. So the fact that they established he has been there, but he's been missing the last few years. And if you really think about it, that might not be something where it makes a whole lot of sense when there are an Arkham and you see all the villains he's put away. Like you see the Bane mask, you see the Scarecrow's fear toxin. Like it seemed like word would get out about Batman stopping those super criminals or super villains. But it was, I just kind of rolled with it anyway. Like I'll just buy into it. But, yeah, I thought the introduction was great. I just loved how Oliver was kind of <laughs> playing out that he didn't think Batman existed. He was just a myth and how important it was for him to be the first vigilante <laughs> other than Batman. But then you got Barry and Kara kind of calling him out on that again. <laughs> it's like, oh, look. I was like, it was like that inferior complex Oliver had with it. It was kind of almost like a meta type joke where you know Arrow gets con- compared to Batman a lot as like the lesser Bruce Wayne or the lesser Batman and whatnot so it was kind of fun just to see them play on that a little bit but I just like how they introduced Gotham 
Um, and this, how it looked was different off from what we've seen, obviously, being shot in Chicago, like you said. So it's going to look different from Star City and Central City. So I had, it did feel like Gotham to me. So I didn't like that. And yeah, with, as far as Batwoman, I thought her introduction was good. But I will say I'm a little surprised how little she was in it <laughs> with all the buildup and the excitement of knowing that she was going to be in this crossover. I felt that man, she was kind of in and out a little bit as far as just actually being Batwoman at the end. But man, she was great. I thought Ruby Rose did a good job. The costume looks absolutely fantastic. I mean, this makes you more excited for her eventual uh, series coming up. So yeah, overall, I was a happy Batman <laughs> watching it. And just, you know, something I've been wanting to see so long since Arrow pretty much began, really. And even though he wasn't in it, just hearing Barry, Oliver, and Cara just say the name Batman, it just brought a big smile to my face, <laughs> just knowing that that character exists in this universe. And the same for Superman, actually, in the first part. Just seeing them interact with Clark, which is something really great to finally see. And just as a DC fanboy and being a fan of this series for so long, it is great to finally see them interact with you know the big cornerstones of the DC universe with Superman and in Batman's case, just hearing his name mentioned. So, yeah, I was happy with how they brought Gotham and the Batman most of into it. Michael, what about you? Um... <laughs> I'm so scared. I think, I think that the uh, that the whole Batwoman situation was was just one great big strikeout at bat. I, uh, I guess to make a pun unintentionally, but <laughs> I, they completely messed it up in my opinion. Um, they had an opportunity to establish a character and to make us care about her, and all they did was talk for 10 minutes about how Batman's not around. And and if you want to talk about doing a disservice to a to a female character, her entire purpose in this crossover is to explain why Batman's not around in this universe and then to use a grapple gun once, maybe twice, uh, mostly off-screen and then have one line at the end of the crossover. Um to establish the the, the uh, crisis for next year, so uh, it so much work went into realizing this character. They went all the way to Chicago to shoot stuff. They did all of these things again, and this is Guggenheim's episode that he wrote. And uh, I, you know, I, he was essentially the showrunner, for lack of a better term, for this crossover. Sadly, so a lot of these decisions were his decisions. Um, and again, it's so many things, so many elements of it that were the right calls. And then the execution is just so lackluster and so poorly thought out. And like, like I totally agree with Tim when I say like Ruby Rose did a good job. Like, I think that she was, she was perfectly adequate as many of the CW actors are in their roles on these shows. Um, she didn't blow me away with anything, but she she looks great in the suit. Mm -hmm. The suit itself looks fantastic. Um, there were a lot of cool things about Arkham, but the second episode was just Guggenheim's wet dream all over the screen. It was just like, oh my god, and then I'm going to put this character's name on a wall and then I'm going to put this cameo in it and then Bane's mask is here and then this and then this and then this and it's like we get it you wanted to do a Batman show but you had to do Arrow we've understood that since season 3 when you brought Ra's al Ghul in for no reason right like none of that is news 
Um, and and when we see his name on the cell door in Arkham, the only thing that I can think, the only thing I've been able to think since that moment is that I really wish they had put him into one of the prisons that, that villains don't break out of. Because I thought, just, just like every time Batman puts the Joker away or catches the Riddler or deals with the Penguin, six months later somehow they're back and they're terrorizing us again. And that's exactly like, it's so apt. And I don't think that he knows that. I mean, I don't want to get into all of the things that Guggenheim has done, but if Kreisberg isn't allowed to work, I don't think that Guggenheim should either. He's said some pretty horrible things and he's treated people in incredibly bad ways. And the fact that they would ask him to come back and do this is, is just so so frustrating to me because you can't even justify it and say that he's a that he's a, a a good artist and so you know we'll suffer through um his his egregious behavior on set and and in his personal life um because at least his art is worthwhile his art is the most offensive thing and he said some pretty bad stuff so <laughs> i don't know i i just think this character of Batwoman is is a very important character right now in the DC universe. Um, a very important character for representation in in genre storytelling in general, but in comic books specifically, and uh, mainstream comic books, I should say, because there's lots of independent comic books with with much better representation than DC and Marvel muster. But here's a character that is actually representing several underserved. Uh, uh, groups and yet none of that is is imbued into this version of the character obviously we don't get a lot of time to spend with her but it sort of leads me to the thing of like if this is supposed to be your backdoor pilot i don't want to watch this show <laughs> right like they they just they didn't convince me that a show with with ruby rose as batman is a worthwhile endeavor um I'm not saying that it's not. It absolutely could be with the right showrunners and the right the right creative team. It could be a fantastic show because that character has a lot to say. But none of that was represented in this crossover. Um, and then the Nora Freeze uh, cameo was another one of those head scratcher like. So do you know? So that's my thing. Nora Freeze, that is that's the girl that grabbed the gun and yeah. shot Keelan. So that's uh, yes, Stephen yes. Amell's wife, hey? That's yeah. that's Cassandra. That's, that's it. But that's, that's it. Like the second episode and everything in Gotham was that. Yeah. Was going like, hey guys, did you know that Stephen Amell's wife plays the wife of Mr. Freeze? Mm-hmm. That's why she uses yeah. a sub zero gun. And it's like just it, this is a TV show. It's a comic book TV show. It's not a pop up video episode on MTV. <laughs> like, knock it off with all of the winks at the camera. It's it. It's only so fun for so long, and and then it just becomes exhausting. <laughs> so that's that's what I have to say. I know that was a lot, but uh, um, Amanda, Amanda, yes, thought that was a lot Amanda. taken. Uh, yeah, it's all good. I mean, Mike Mike has sort of summed up a lot of stuff. I, I Unfortunately, I just jump in when people inspire me to say things, so I can continue. Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't really, like, I think that I sort of had said uh, a lot of what I thought already about um, this. And I just, like, I think Stephen Amell does good when he's on other things as well. I think Arrow sometimes drags him down a little bit because the show is 
I mean, this season is 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 okay, and it's it's much better than it has been in the past. I liked seeing him on different areas and being able to to work with different people. The second episode, as much as the, I liked that it was a break from what we normally get and like the kinds of stories we normally get on Arrow. And in that respects, I think it worked to to sort of balance out some of the stuff that I normally that we normally see on Arrow. Um, but as part of like the a, a whole like as a whole cohesive story, it did seem a little bit. A little bit odd and and pandery, in in some of the ways that Mike has been saying. So, but I mean, I think it, I think there's potential to see some awesome series, um, and people are sort of commenting on that uh, in the um, in the comments as well that this seems sort of more like a pilot for like a backdoor pilot for a Superman series than it did for a Batwoman <laughs> series. Yeah. And so, of those two, I I agree. I think that I'd rather watch the Superman show than I would watch the Batwoman show. But I'd maybe like to see Batwoman as part of Arrow. I don't know. I know you can't really do that, but it'd be cool. So. Well, let's take it well, to the Batwoman. Ba- I'm echoing, oh, I- so whoever's echoing me, stop it. Um, so let's start with you, Rachel. What did you, what did you think about it? Because then I know you, you had your, uh, you had your pre-fonts and uh, so how did Ruby do for you? And what, what was it like seeing your city now as Gotham City? I guess again. Well, I guess, I would just say that I was underwhelmed by all of it. Um, I definitely thought she should have been in um, a lot more. I didn't think her storyline was adequate at all. Um, As far as Ruby Rose goes, I know there's still um, objections to her casting, which I think are totally valid, but just based on her acting job last night, I I I thought she was fine. I wasn't terribly impressed with her, but I didn't think she sucked. Um, It was... I mean, she had a good uh, presentation. I liked that her and Kara were flirting. I did not expect that to happen, so that was fun. Um, yes. But, uh, I'm, I know I'm signed up for the Batwoman podcast here, honestly, but um, I would honestly rather watch the Superman show at this point because yeah. I love Superman. <laughs> and they did a really great job, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, it was not what I was hoping it to be, really. Um I think for the very small amount of characterization of her that we got, it was good. It was just very, very small compared to what they made it seem like we were going to get. Um, the shots of Chicago that were recognizable that were pretty cool, though. Yes, are you ready for your hot take? Oh, I'm uh, ready. Um, <laughs> if yeah, I, ready that's us? what she calls it. So I'm not like I'm not exaggerating. That's what she calls it. So I'm not like making fun of her or anything like that. So uh, the floor oh, is so yours. excited. Here we go. Be- prepare yourselves, people. Me, coming from the Batwoman podcast, also me, cannot stand Ruby Rose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this casting very religiously. I, like, I watched all like the behind-the-scenes like people who were like sending in their videos, and I'm, I'm a Jewish woman, so Kate Kane as a character means a lot to me as like having Jewish representation, having a Jewish superhero... Also because it kind of means that Batman's Jewish because, like, they're cousins on his mom's side and that's how things work. <laughs> so I get to claim it all. I'm like, every everyone in Gotham, but all the good guys, they're Jews. Um, <laughs> but they ruined that when they casted Ruby Rose, who is not Jewish. Um, she is a lesbian, which I guess, I, I mean, she claims to be, though there have been rumors that she did cheat on an ex-girlfriend with a guy, so who knows? I'm not getting into all that. But what we do know is that she's very much not Jewish. And one of the things that they pointed out a lot in this episode was her having tattoos. I think that was something like Kara was like, oh, that's really, like, attractive. I don't know. She suddenly had a tattoo kink. 
Lena get one or something, you know, might have a chance. <laughs> but what is an issue is people who are Jewish, we typically don't get tattoos. It's sort of like against mm. our religion um, to the point where I've got one. And my mom was like, when you die, we'll just cut off that part of your skin and then we can bury you. So like kind yeah. of kind of yeah, that happened. Like, that's my mother's a choice. But um, that was sort of an issue I had, especially because Ruby Rose's tattoos are religious iconography. She has a cross on her arm. It was kind of hard to tell in the scene, but it doesn't look like they covered that up. So we just uh, decided that mm. Kate was no longer Jewish. Otherwise, why would that have been a thing? That bothered me a lot. Also, she acts about as well as Scarlett Johansson does. And that is not at all. So Shots I didn't being like fired. Um, I, I was lucky and was able to like... I didn't watch that episode live. I watched it the next day and kind of was like, what if I fast forward a little bit through her scenes because I'm watching this on my cell phone data and it's just not worth my data seeing all of her bad acting. I did watch it all, but it was a choice. Um, the one only good part was her flirting with Kara because I like Kara being bi. And so I'm going to just assume this is the arrow writers giving me that gift or the flash. Whoever was writing that night, I'm going to thank them. <laughs> For the only good thing I've gotten out of that whole bit. Um, otherwise, the other parts of Gotham were really cool. It was cool. It was in Chicago. I was like, I know where these places are. I could have stocked the set if I had not been at a con that weekend. So if they come back and they do make a series, I will be stocking the set because that is like downtown for me. That's like a 30-minute train ride. I could be there and stocking them. And ideally stocking the cooler actors that they will cast for the other roles. So oh, boy. <laughs> excited. Well, um, who who have I not? Oh, flash! My flash! I love you. I wow! Know, well, um, <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> brutal in here. Yep. Andrew, just kick it off. Then. Uh, yeah, I felt I kind of enjoyed the way that they dealt with um, introducing Gotham. I guess. Well, I just remembered the millionaires being like ushered around in a like an armored vehicle, which felt a little on the nose. Um, but. But the the way that they uh, introduced Batman and how um, Kate was kind of stepping into his place while he was away, and then we even got the the like um, you know Shakespeare head button from like the Batman sixty six show. That was really cool. I loved all of those kind of uh, you know fan servicey bits to it. Uh, I I I guess I'll kind of I feel safer now saying it that. Um, I found Ruby Rose as Kate as uh, she was fine. Um, it's it's hard to tell because she was acting with people where she was trying to present as not who she really is. So I imagine that will be different in the show. But the first time she spoke in that Batwoman suit, I felt my interest just fading away. <laughs> um, it was just such a... I, I wouldn't even I was going to say it's a flat delivery but I wouldn't even qualify it with an adjective really like it was just I am saying the lines and I am Batwoman you know like I don't know if they haven't it, I mean it would make sense if they said you know we literally do not know what this show is going to be yet so we didn't do anything yeah uh, my, <laughs> we didn't so, prepare yeah. for this <laughs> we asked her to read and she said she they would 
they like legends podcasted it. They're like, who knows what's happening here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we wrote this on a, a cocktail napkin and we handed it to Ruby <laughs> Rose five minutes ago. Yeah. She doesn't even really, I think the scenes that she was in worked because of the other people that were in the scenes with them. Uh, but uh, more than that, I guess like on some level, part of the reason why my interests, I felt it dissolve away is Kate, like Kate Kane and Batwoman. If for me, um, you know, I'm like I'm a straight guy, so so none of the a lot of the things that um, really speak to people about her spoke to me in particular. But her being different and that being a good thing always defined her character for me. Uh, even if the, she wasn't different in ways that resonated with me, I recognized that she was different because it was different reading her. You know, uh, so I think maybe a, a big part of my why it felt so bad feeling my interest dissolve away was that nothing about this felt different. Uh, it felt like if Kate Keane is going to be a character who, for whom being cool is something that matters, oh, like, I'll just pass. Like, you know, Godspeed, good luck. Um, but uh, in my mind, she was always the person to put even Batman in check because of her... Not because she was a, a badass, um, but because she just had such a strength of character um, that somebody who was as duplicitous as Bruce had absolutely no answer for it. And they kind of introduced her where she is playing the duplicitous role. So I will wait and see. Um, I think I think I, I, I'm kind of echoing what's what's said here. I'll wait and see the show and probably watch an episode or two. But the idea that they could have in any way sold me um with this they did not at all i would i would watch a tv show about evil superman because he was finally uh interesting to watch but that is you gotta admit you gotta love how there was no difference whatsoever between kate kane and batwoman like literally <laughs> yeah. the exact same voice and monotone <laughs> that's so true i wonder if like ruby rose is working so hard to be like just don't be australian don't be australian and then she was just oh, like God. what if i just delivered all the lines as if i had just read them for the first time maybe that's was an acting choice of hers yeah and that the other moment i um, was my... also underwhelmed obviously <laughs> yeah my uh my wife walked into the room when she was on screen and she said like is that her outfit and i said i had to point out that i guess in the comics it doesn't necessarily present as a wig <laughs> you kind of have that suspension of disbelief that like maybe that's her hair because kate's hair is red so it's kind of the length it was complicated it was complicated well Swore, Teddy, what do you want to add to this before i get my thoughts okay uh i will say that I didn't have like an extreme issue with Ruby Rose's performance, although I will I will agree that the way that it was performed and the way that it was written, it was kind of just like, what if Batman was a woman? And but there was no Bruce Wayne; it's just Batman all the time, right? Because like like you guys said, there wasn't a difference between Kate and yeah. and Batman. It was just like Batman as a woman, and she did as well as Stephen Amell does Batman if he were Green Arrow. So I was like, okay, whatever. It's basically more of the same. Um, and so it would not, it would not induce me to watch her show. The only reason that I want to watch her show is because of the supporting cast that has been described and the casting calls that we've read. Those are the characters that I'm interested in seeing. 
So based on who they cast, that's what would make me want to watch. This certainly did not sell me on Batwoman, and I feel like it was unnecessary to go to Gotham at all. Because they didn't do anything with it. I think what's really weird is if you had asked me, if you had not told me any information and asked me, what is the show that they're trying to spin off from this this crossover? I would have definitely told you like a Superman, like a Clark and Lois style Superman show. And no part of me would have thought the Batwoman aspect is what they really want you to like hook onto and care about. Because, I mean, I just felt it was so... um, so half-hearted, all the all right. the Batwoman stuff. And right. that takes us back to who's in charge, who's telling the story, who's behind the scenes. You know, when you have <clears throat> white men who are in charge of it all, even if you have some people of color or women or, you know, LGBT writers in the room, it's always going to go back to what the people at the top think. And what calls to them is the white men. So that is why Barry, Oliver, and um, Clark both versions of Clark were the most, you know, important characters in the crossover. To the point that the Monitor is supposed to be an all-powerful being who um, rewrites worlds, right? And eats them up in order to find the word he wants to stop the anti-Monitor, etc. And he comes in and he just gives the book to this random scientist, Deegan, so that Deegan can do the things that he wants to do with it to see if maybe that poses enough of a threat to destroy the world or cause heroes. Like, I don't know. That just felt disrespectful to the monitor to me. Um, so mm-hmm. I just, I again, I just think that they always default to like the whitest heroes that they have. And Kate Kane being like, no, there is no lead of one of their shows that is different. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know that they can write Kate Kane. Maybe Caroline Drive can write Kate Kane, but she did not get the chance to. So it was Mark Guggenheim. Agreed. Yeah. Here's what I okay so, um I I think I may maybe the only one who was like digging this because like for me I I mean I would say this I agree with what a lot of you guys are saying there was more talk about Batman than there was Batwoman but I feel like and I'm hoping this is the case that they they did this so that when we get to the Batwoman pilot that we don't have to talk about him this much okay we get it he's gone he's MIA whatever he's out you know trying to find, you know, you know, let's say I'm going to pretend that Batwoman and Titans are in the same universe and he's just looking for Dick because he's lonely. And um, so, yes, they they talked about him a lot. And I, I, I love how cranky Oliver was about, like, you know, I was the first and he was, yeah, he wasn't. Um, I wish, here's what I think happened. I think we were supposed to get Batwoman a lot more than we got. And then Superman happened. Um and that's where I'm like, one of my, I love Tyler Hagen Superman. Trust me, I'm, you know, I'm not attached to just one Superman. I love multiple one of them, except for one certain one. But I'm not gonna say because Jess will hang me. Um, so, no, but she, I'm, I don't, I didn't like Superman Returns. I please don't kill me. Oh, oh, forgot to say it. I, I will have to fight you. That is my father. Oh. You're talking about right there. Superman but, Returns but, 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 is the but. best Superman. <laughs> He's always around, Andy. Anyway, <laughs> I'm calling him up right now to to tell him this nonsense that you just told me. I know I can I can say it in front of his face. I don't mind. And I was this. Kate Bosworth was worse. He was. He's watchable. He was watchable in that movie. She was watchable. Wow. Okay. I've watched a lot worse things for that man. Let me tell you. Superman Returns is one of. <laughs> 
That's not Brandon Routh was not that bad as Superman. They just didn't give him lines. He didn't give. That, he just it, it, he was just stuck in a movie that was not um let's say great. <laughs> there we there we go. Anyway, it, I, if you know him, you just know that he actually is Clark Kent. So the fact that they did not give him any service for that just oh it, yeah seriously like the casting wasn't the problem. There were so many other problems. Here's what I will yes. say about Ruby Rose. I think she was. I thought she was great for what we got of her. I, it made me more frustrated that we didn't get to see more of her. Because, I mean, I loved her in Cars so much. I'm just like, listen, goodbye to Netflix and chill. Welcome to Tattoos and chill. Because this is going to be a thing. Because, um, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, to quote Jess from Batman Podcast, that was my kink. Like, I'm like, Cara, sweetie, you're if you're still den- denying that, you know, that you may also be into women, then, you know, I, I'm sorry. Um she, I thought she was. I, I thought she was interesting. I it made me want to watch the show. I mean, I was it is. They didn't set up anything for her spinoff. No, I one hundred percent agree with that. But they really good, did a good job of establishing what's going on with this version of Gotham. What's going on with this version of Bad Woman? And but again, I feel like if they actually stuck to what they, I, I once again, I feel like I feel like they were gonna do more Bad Woman, and then for some reason they decided to do more Superman. And again, and I agree with some people in the live chat that I feel like he, when he's on screen, he overshadows Kara a lot, and it's it's a little bit frustrating because how long has Kara Danvers and Kara Zorel as a character in DC Comics struggled with this? Oh, we don't care about his cousin. We just want to you know focus more on him. If it's comics, TV shows, movies, animation, name it. But as far as Batwoman goes. I thought she was great. I wish we had seen more of her. I was pissed that we didn't get more of her and that we got like one scene of her in the Super Bowl episode. But what can you How do? How much more fun would it have been if she was acting both sides of that conversation? What do you mean? <laughs> like like, like if, yeah. if the guy had become her. Yes, was, that would yeah. be good. Yeah, I I do agree though. We've gotten so many different and we're in a season where there's going to be the, they're doing like the red son, red daughter storyline. So we've gotten so many evil Karas, but that doesn't mean that they necessarily had to go with an evil su- Superman. It was just like, do you want some extra Superman on top of your Superman for this crossover? Yes, yes I do. I do. I, I mean, I, I mean, I yeah. Super- the answer is yeah, but right now. So. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Like, and and, and so that that some of you guys might not know this, but my daughter is named Kara after Supergirl. So like, I love Kara. But oh. I also love no, wait, wait. Swara, ask ask Michael what her, what his daughter's middle name is. Her middle uh, name is Frank. So. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. But so one thing that having the evil Superman did do was establish just how like much of an innocent, beautiful tropical fish Clark actually is. You know, <laughs> and also that Tyler Hecklin is a good has the range to pull off both. So yes. again, yes. it just further like cemented their desire for a Superman spinoff. Yeah. Also, Bitsy Tulloch's Lois, she was amazing. I loved her. I loved her chemistry and her relationship with Clark. I gotta say, this actually did sell me on a Superman Lois show. Ironically, at the end of the uh, crossover, they said, hey, we're gonna go off to Argo to have our baby uh, for a year or so, which, like, 
Okay, I thought you, you were going a different direction with this, <laughs> like maybe a backdoor pilot, but maybe the backdoor pilot will be on Argo somehow. Exactly. Can I, can I, can I pitch you guys? I want to pitch you guys the backdoor pilot <laughs> that they were setting up. Okay. We already have enough shows about superheroes punching other people in the face and throwing them in jail and running really fast to solve all their problems. We don't need another one of those. I think the best possible show they could do with Superman and Lois is to just follow them to Argo and just watch them not have powers and raise a kid. Just yeah, what if it was just Superman? <laughs> with a baby, trying to figure that yeah, out. I think that could be a great show. We, Superman yeah, he like, he doesn't have to yeah, because we we don't have hearts. yes because we don't have enough wide leading shows as it is. Well, that's yeah. exactly no. the problem. See, they should come from Argo back to Earth and then be like a family, but like they're no ordinary family. Are you following <laughs> me here, I, Andrew? I hate you. Don't give Margot that satisfaction. Oh, um, so we're talking. Do... Well, sorry, go on. I'm trying. I'm trying to hard segue here, Andy. So if you had a thought that you wanted to finish, you can. Um, because we've talked a lot about the same kind of characters, and I do have to, it's really awesome. We've got like 111 listeners right now on the live stream, which is so Whoa. awesome, and the chat that's going, and there, people keep, like, mentioning there's three main people that showed up in this, um, crossover that we haven't even, like, talked about or touched on at all, um, and that is, um, like, Barry Allen from Earth, whatever. Earth 90. Um, Earth 90, Barry Allen. I was... And- the, the cool yeah. that small easter egg they were like hey you can have him as green lantern just a throwaway line but right. no for me the best <laughs> the best nod or cameo or easter egg was the small farm and somebody say me? Oh that my god! I, I, mean, listen, my listen, I almost cried. Listen, <laughs> I pulled out of my body. I died. Oh my yeah, Rachel, <laughs> like I think I fell I, off the Rachel, couch. Rachel and I, we screamed at each other on Facebook. Like, did you see what they just did? And like, she, like she, I, I think she was like, I think she was in the ER room at some because I think she was having a heart attack. Because so was I. That's um, basically what happened. Yeah. But um, yes, just to finish my final moment, like I definitely want to watch her show. And I am I'm here for Ruby Rose. I definitely agree with um, what Jess is saying. Is that it's it's very disappointing to see them neglecting her Jewish aspect. And you know, because I, you know, I'm not a religious person, so I didn't know about the whole thing about you know Jewish people not having tattoos and so on. But you, you know what? Here, okay, I can solve this in one sentence. Flashpoint. No, 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 no. But like, think about it. They rewrote reality. Maybe she doesn't have her tattoos on the on the new sh- on 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 her show. I can retcon anything I want if I try to. I just need to look for it. And maybe get a Jewish actress to play her instead. <laughs> just retcon the whole thing. Just all of Gotham. Redo it all. Yeah. Tom Willing was never <laughs> Superman. <laughs> No, leave don't, him. Don't, don't, don't fight me, Andrew, on this. <laughs> don't go there. I, I, I should say the moment I didn't even watch Smallville, but when that happened, I cheered. Talking. And then when I saw that it was this Superman and Lois, I was like a like Desperate Housewives gif like brought to life of just like, <laughs> no, you don't. How dare you, sir? How dare you? No, no. Don't you go messing with the with the actually good. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> you know, this this well, version of Superman that's on Supergirl right now is one of the best versions of TV Superman. Like, he's 
he's awesome. And the fact to see to see my childhood or teenagehood or whatever it was for Smallville reflected in in like a new modern take with the same farm. Like that's the coolest part about it. Like the same farm from small, like it's just so cool. So that was like definitely not to be a dick, but a part of me made me think: Are there really that limited amount of farms um in Vancouver? Like, cause oh I'm like, come on, you know they could have no, chosen. No, I mean they did, they did that on purpose. Okay, totally. no, but I mean I'm not complaining. I'm just like I keep thinking like they because I because I never seen like another farm in, in, in another in another you know Canadian produced TV I, I really there's actually I really only wanted, one farm <laughs> there's only that one I really wanted um Clark and Lois to stand in front of a, a CGI sunset to really get those Smallville feelings back again <laughs> but no but they didn't do that so I was a little disappointed <laughs> I mean she called him Smallville and I also died I died again when that happened that was just well let's we, Art man. Let, let's move forward because we, we have one last final thing to discuss. Uh, we talk, we already covered a little bit about you know the um, kind of show and so, but let's talk about the fact that this ep- this crossover, if anything, was kind of a commercial for next year's crossover. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's kind. I mean, it's it, it's kind of what it was. So we get the idea. If we start. I mean, all of us who have read this book, we we went as soon as we start talking about. The, Barry and Cara dying, and you know, like the red skies and all these things. We know where, where this is going, and we we learned towards the end of the crossover that Christ on Infinite Earth is next year's crossover, which hopefully, when we all get together, then we will be more excited. Because <laughs> I don't know, like it's again, this was very much of a commercial for next year till you know when we got to part three. So, what did everyone think about like kind of like the whole show? But most importantly. Because I think the biggest, because I mean, yes, we can talk about how great the action was and so on, but I think the biggest takeaway is what Oliver has supposedly done. And I will let the Quiver people start with this because it's it's their boy. So, I'm, you know, like, I, what do you think, guys? What do you think is going on with how Oliver is possibly now connected to, to Crisis? I, so I don't know. There are so many, I know, like, it's, they've said infinite, yeah, Crisis on Infinite Earths. There are so many crisis storylines in my brain that I have a hard time keeping them straight. So I, without jumping back into Crisis on Infinite Earths and rereading it, I can't really like start to even speculate about something that's a year away. I'm honestly way more concerned with um, Emiko and and hopefully hopefully the, the Ninth Circle and stuff like that on Arrow. Uh, when it comes back in January, and Morgan's so, like, "What is he talking about?" <laughs> so for, for me, it's it, like I love the little tiny tease that we got, and and for now, honestly, and you guys can speculate all you want. For me, I I don't care until next year. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like I'm just like because if if I'm just sitting here thinking about that for a year, I mean, like I have Star Wars things to speculate about. <laughs> I, I only have so much brain space. And uh, and and with these CW shows, it's like I'm, and I've said this on Quiver. I'm just exhausted with all of the mysteries. I'm exhausted with all of the red herring nonsense and and the the uh, I'm not going to tell you the whole truth because we need something to reveal for the mid season finale, and then something again for halfway through the second half of the season, and then something for the season finale. Like. Like it's just so much like contrived, uh, uh, built up fake suspense 
where it's like just tell a story that's interesting not every single story not every single television show has to be lost and has to have puzzle pieces that we solve over the course of a year and a half mm-hmm. um so so for me it's like cool drop the hints i don't I, like i don't know off the top of my head who that guy is in the mask at the end of the episode one of you guys probably knows but Psycho pirate he played a big okay. role in the infinite crisis story yeah crisis so there you go Earth, Tim- yeah. Tim I has it was Dr. Fate if I really cared, I have access to Tim at any time of day. Like, <laughs> like you guys don't know. Like, Tim is my is the Alfred to my uh, Batman. If I have to be Batman, <laughs> Tim, I, Tim, I see you in this analogy. More in that, uh... wait, wait, hey, like, I'll, I'll take Alfred the compliment. That's a good comparison. Yeah, I, and that's exact. I look. Nothing I ever say to Tim will ever be taken as an insult because he knows how much I cherish and love him. Um, and yet, you didn't know he was going to be on the show tonight. I had <laughs> no, no idea. Any- I had no idea. That's totally fine, though. I uh, yeah, no, like I like if I if I cared, I would ask one of my friends that has all of this knowledge, and I and and I just find myself um, with zero of the f's to give. Not because I don't want to watch it, just because like how how many of these mysteries can rattle around inside my brain? I try and keep up with all the shows. But, like, I've watched the first episode of Legends this season, not because I don't love Legends, just because, like, who has the time? <laughs> I, yeah, so so that's my take on Crisis on Infinite Earths. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope that they introduce more characters and that we get, like, how we got, uh, how we got uh, the Ray last year with, with uh, uh, the, the, I don't know, what did we call it last year? What Crisis, was it called? Crisis on Earth Oh, yeah, the Earth X stuff, which was yeah. so good. God, that was such a good crossover. Um, like, like I, I hope that we get more cool characters introduced yeah. like that. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. I, I, they can't do it without killing somebody, and well, and it, the stakes are so not there because who you can't kill Oliver. any of the characters All the of the show. But he is <laughs> Oliver. That- that's yeah, and that's my question. Is this and this is how I solve things on Quiver too? Is I don't actually try to figure them out myself. I just ask people smarter than me <laughs> what happened in the show I just watched. Didn't he go and make a deal with the monitor that nobody saw, where he yeah, saved it, the it, lives of Barry? And that's like that's it so feels, it's so it feels once again like the so, when Laurel t- told her told him his you know her final wish, and we didn't find until the season five premiere of Arrow that year what it was. Okay. No. But and that's it was BS so they didn't stupid. know what it was. They didn't know what it was. In this case, they're smart writers right now. They know what it is that happened in that room because they're yeah, actually planning. Which a lot of people are saying in the comments too makes sense. Like people are now planning and they can actually write for it over the course of a year. I just can't. I just can't yeah. wait for the scene in the second episode of the crossover that is the Arrow episode where Felicity gets mad at Oliver for not telling her what deal he made with the monitor <laughs> because if they're in a relationship, they need to be open and and upfront <laughs> with each other. Even though Felicity. He never tells Oliver anything, but that's beside the point. She's just a terrible person. Wasn't but it? <laughs> yeah, it makes me hate him even more for the BS she pulled. Oh, out. you know what? Oh no, or even better, like somebody dies, but it's Felicity, and then the monitor like looks at Oliver and like winks, and they're like, oh, <laughs> "I got you." Buddy. No, you see, they have what they have to do is they have to kill now, Andy. Don't jump through the computer. They have to let me get to the joke, and then and then you can get mad at me. You're not getting mad at me. They have to kill Iris, and then at the last second, Felicity kills herself and goes, "Me too, me too." Yeah, but Iris is die, so it's fine. 
are any of the, uh, I can't I can't hear people anymore. Is it I, just because I started talking? Sorry. No, I'm here. <laughs> over to, I talked over top of somebody. I'm here. But I just I'm um yeah, I don't know. I, I completely lost what I was going to say, so it's all good. Just wanted to interrupt that for... <laughs> Live podcast. <laughs> oh, I know what it is. Are any of the other shows doing flash forwards in the same way that Arrow is? No. Because... Nope. Well, Flash it's sort of, might... Flash is going to. Okay, well, yeah, because that, that could lead something in terms of like having to have the foresight to write. They're writing like 20 years in our future right now, so I'm really interested in how the crisis is going to affect whatever the future has been created. That's a really so good point, because Oliver is conspicuously <laughs> absent in all of the flash-forwards. Yeah. yeah. Therefore, it's entirely possible he's going to die in this crisis, yeah, and those flash-forwards are actually showing us that future. Yeah. Good. Like, makes I mean, sense. Nothing. And... Like, please kill Oliver. Like, it'll be eight years by that time. Maybe he signed okay. a contract and he knows that he's done. Right. I don't know. The, the show could be over. The show could end. Arrow could end with Crisis. Or yeah. they could continue on his legacy with Emiko instead. Yeah. Uh, depending. Arrow could end this season. I. I. That's something that we floated. <laughs> the, the, the flash forwards and the way that they're structured, it they can't keep that going yeah. without starting to give us more details. Again, I'm talking about all of these things where they're creating false suspense because they're just not speaking about what story elements they already know. Yeah. Right. It's like they, they just, they talk in the future around events instead of people just saying what happened. It's quite obnoxious. Mm -hmm. Well, I, well, I, I I will say, Andy, as the oh, as a uh, comic book super genius expert, obviously, as you always call me. Um, I have. When have I ever told said your dad? Oh, was that was that? You know, as uh, well, we'll get back to that. Um, I, I feel like I'm gonna say something. I don't mean this to be offensive to anyone listening or present. And I'm gonna watch the chat just to make sure <laughs> that people understand what I mean. I feel like. Crisis on Infinite Earths is basically the comic book version of Superman the movie now, where for people of a certain age and older, no event will ever be better or more relevant than that because of when they experienced it and the time and a million different factors, where if... I explained it to someone, they might get that, but if they if I handed the comic to a modern comic reader, they might be of the attitude like this is not you know, th- th- this does not um it is so not modern in sensibility in a lot of ways. Like obviously like old comics. So I am very aware that the people pitching crisis and dropping the words at the end of the episode for them nothing is bigger than this but when you ask me like if i'm excited for it unequivocally no (laughs) because (laughs) i feel very strongly that like even if they adapt it well for themselves the the things that will resonate with them that they want to capture might be just completely different yeah. than the audience watching it now, right? Yeah, Andrew, 100%. Like, this is a, this is an iconic storyline, for sure, amongst many geek circles. But to the broad, vast audiences watching this, 
I feel like a lot of them have no idea what crisis is. You, you want to look at another comic book example with Avengers Infinity War. I doubt that the general public sure. like, really knows what Infinity War is. Yeah. It, you know, it's something like you, I like I first heard about it. I had, when I got into the MCU, I had not heard of Thanos. I had not heard of, heard of the Infinity Gems. I Wikipedia that after presumably that's what people do. Like when they see the, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths promo at the end of the episode. They're like, oh, what's that? And then they go yeah. to this super convoluted Wikipedia line. That's how, like, most audiences take this in. Like, honestly, growing up for myself, I barely read comics. I read them more now, here and there, when I get the chance. But my main gateway into DC has been through TVs and mov- TV and movies and games. It's like, we have to keep this in mind. It's like... I, I, I'm totally with you there, honestly. I don't think that's like offensive to say at okay, all. Like that, like because it's not a it's not a detraction of the comic itself. But yeah. I also like today, I would not give it to a friend and hype it up for them a year ahead of time. <laughs> well, okay, I will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so yes, I I think that everyone, at least on the Flash side of things, people are hyped for Crisis and Event Earths because of the newspaper, right? From 2024, that they think was yeah. crisis nurse because it says crisis in the newspaper headline. So to answer the person in the chat, I think it's Amber Sisters talking about that. That's actually not crisis, and I've always assumed that they were just going to make it crisis, like just do whatever they want with crisis and call that one crisis. Um, but clearly, that's not the case. So the newspaper disappearance in 2024 is Barry fighting with Reverse Flash to keep Reverse Flash from killing his mother, and it's what leads to Barry going back in time trying to stop Reverse Flash from killing his mother, and then somehow getting stuck in the time stream, whatever happens, he hasn't come back since then. But that mm-hmm. wasn't Crisis. So, since obviously Crisis occurs, and they get over it, and Barry is alive, to disappear again in 2024, I am going to assume that Barry and Kara are supposed to die, just like in this one, we got the foreshadowing of that. And Oliver already made the deal to save them, which changed his destiny. So now his destiny will be to die instead of Barry and Kara. Um in crisis which makes me wonder if they're gonna do a switch for arrow mid-season or if season eight will be the end and mid-season finale will be you know the actual series finale well but that's what i assume would happen you're you're half right um yes i'm gonna do this um what yes i'm gonna do this um Expect big things for the for the crisis. It's gonna be untraditional. Is that a word? Yes. I, that, yeah, yeah. It'll be untraditional. Um, it's gonna be longer than you guys think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see Brother Nate from the Black Lightning Pikes in the chat. I look forward to having him and Clement and Brittany on next year. Um, for this. And, and um yeah yeah okay well if if they try to leave candace slash iris out of crisis i will fight them so because i'm tired of them not wanting to give her an extra payment yep. so for crisis they better put up that money and get her in there because there i don't think no be reason, yep yeah there was no reason why iris wasn't the one giving felicity that pep talk why was caitlin being like yep. if iris were here iris would say this and then there was no reason why she wasn't in Star Labs in the third part. Just because they don't want to pay her. I'm tired. That's all. Okay. Same. Well, um, 
we need to we, we're getting close to having to wrap up soon so there's one more thing I want to do because Rebecca she couldn't be with us tonight but she <laughs> wanted to be here in spirit snap judgments each person is presented with two options but must only choose one first instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary it's more fun when everybody snaps um so so in case you haven't sorry yeah in case you (laughs) haven't uh listened to supergirl radio no no judgments on that one uh snap judgments in the game of snap judgment each person is presented with two options but must only choose one first instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary (laughs) so uh basically it's a this or that uh so we ask you a question you uh you tell us which option you prefer so our first snap judgment is who performed the better green arrow impersonation, Kara or Barry? And anyone can chime in. Kara. 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 Amazo. <laughs> Amazo. Amazo. Oh, that's just Amazo. for you, chat group. There you go. <laughs> poor Amazo got no love in this crossover podcast. Justin was awesome. Amazo was awesome. Yeah. Okay. What was the better action sequence? The Flash, Green Arrow, Green Arrow and Supergirl, and Superman versus Amazo, we are bringing him back, mm-hmm. or the fight at Arkham Asylum? The Amazo fight. Amazo. I mean, yeah. we got to give it up to Amazo. We didn't even talk about him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Everybody's going to like this one a lot. Which Arkham Asylum inmate is most terrifying, the Scarecrow or Mark Guggenheim's Mark, <laughs> Mark Guggenheim's lack of writing abilities. The Scarecrow's yes. uh, fear toxin creates fake images of fear. Mark Guggenheim actually brings those fears to the screen in real life. So, yeah, They were going to show you what he was scrawling on the walls of his cell, but it's just too awful. <laughs> no, it was the script for the second episode. <laughs> oh. You know what makes me so sad is that I feel we talked more about Mark Guggenheim in this crossover than we talked about the actual crossover. And certainly more than we talked about Amazo. Um, Amazo okay. was great. Amazo was great. I will say that. Uh, which body swapper learned the most from his experience? Barry Allen as Oliver Queen or Oliver Queen as Barry Allen? Oliver no, Queen. Always Oliver. Oliver Queen. Neither, neither no, of them I, learned the most. I think Oliver I learned Oliver the most. Oliver learned, learned something. Oliver had actual most. growth. I was yeah, actually pleasantly surprised by it. Oliver learned something from Barry's superior life. That is but then the he forgets back. it. I will remember it next episode. Maybe need... by the next crossover, Oliver will finally be a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that Oliver doesn't have that like memento memento disease where he just like immediately forgets. Do you think maybe he wrote on his arm "Be a better person," but then it just got wiped off? That, that does explain sense. why he keeps going back to Felicity. To be fair, Iris had to tell Oliver that Felicity had feelings about him going to jail. And he actually pulled a surprise face like, Felicity has feelings? What? <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> crazy <wife> cares? <laughs> My wife cares. Um, okay, who would you 
you personally, who would you rather switch places with, Barry or Oliver? I think this is an easy one. Barry. 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 Kara. Who yeah. does Cara, it? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't I'd an option. I'd rather switch to Kara any day of the week. <laughs> not an option. You're not playing the game right, Mike. Yeah. Okay, you're not going to invite us back next time. Amazo. All right. Super Amazo. Superman's black suit or his regular suit? Regular. 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 I mean, regular. Black was kind of hot, though. Like, he was wearing wearing that black. It was very slimming. I prefer prefer being able to see the collarbone. Uh, Okay. (laughs) That's fair. Okay. Snyder Cut. (laughs) What was the more important artifact at the Fortress of Solitude? The hammer Lois used on Deegan or the charcoal grill Superman uses when he wants to make things? Hey, the hammer Lois used. I have a question. 100%. I have a question. That's so good. I have a question about the the barbecue thing. Would barbecue Becky be okay with this? Um, no, clearly she's not okay with anything. I don't she think would be. She'd be calling the cops right on him. On He's wh- got to have a permit on, for on, that thing. On white people? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he wait, is an alien. A, can I ask he, you a question? Yeah, he is an alien. Is it, I mean that tracks with Supergirl. So far this season, it it, re- it does it does it's it's very topical. <laughs> um, can I ask a, a question of the ladies here? If if quote unquote your man um, <laughs> proposed with a diamond that he literally crushed <laughs> out of a out of a charcoal briquette like five seconds earlier, a classic Superman move. It's so good. I oh, like so sweet. That green. diamond was real big. Would like, you know, right if my, like, is, like if your man was Superman, you'd say exactly. yes no matter what. Yeah, that's true. And he better put in those like two months. But he didn't even. <laughs> he didn't go shopping. He, he didn't. <laughs> well, he he went. He had to have gone shopping for the setting. There you go. Oh, <laughs> Andrew, uh, unless, no, Superman's fully capable of his own. He had to buy the grill. <laughs> he <had to laughs> bought the drill. I love it. He bought drill. that. Tra- he went to Home Depot and he bought that. Uh, bought that charcoal. So, right charcoal. The charcoal that would make the best diamonds. That's true. Yeah, uh, uh, that would have been a great Home uh, Home Depot shopping trip. I would have liked to see that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So our our final. I think this is our our final snap judgment. Um, if we could have a full Supergirl episode at any of the following locations, which would you choose? The Kent Farm, the Fortress of Solitude, Arkham Asylum, or Star Labs? Kent Farm. Kent Farm. Kent Farm. Yeah, I think Kent Farm. I'm gonna, Arkham Somebody Asylum, I'll say. <laughs> I'm going to say what will hopefully be the remaining parts of Mark Guggenheim's writing, writing office next year. Yep. I'm, to Arkham Asylum? That too. <laughs> uh, and those were our snap judgments. No judgments on your snap judgments. So no judgments on your snap judgments. I love, it. And I love that everybody in the chat was participating too. It's great. I know, it's amazing. And, yet, so good. and Michael broke the rule every freaking round. It's <laughs> Not every round. Some of the rounds I didn't even respond. <laughs> Which is breaking the rules as well. I mean, oh. you, I mean, if Rebecca was here, she 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 would be like, "You're like Andy. Why why did you make me play this game?" <laughs> no, I I'm glad we got to. So we, I thought we incorporate a, a part one thing each from from each of the pockets. I'm still just trying to get something in from the bad one pockets, just because it's 
So then, you know what? My kink is the new Batwoman podcast thing. There we go. That works. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Are you kink shaming me from like across the distance? But no, valid because I deserve to be. No, I, 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 I'm applauding you for it because my kink. Guys, listen to episode zero Batwoman podcast. Jess, like when she talked about, I don't know what it was she was talking about, but she at one point goes, mm, "My kink," and I, I, I almost fell off the bike. Which is why I should not listen to podcasts when I'm... I have a lot of kinks. I'm very sorry. I've said that word way too many times. Please never let me speak again. No. <laughs> no. So my wife just came home and heard all of that, just so you know. <laughs> she, she went, what are you doing? Um, well, guys, I think I think that's going to be it for us. We've been going for two two days. Um, <laughs> what it feels like. Uh, thank you so much. For, we, oh, God, guys, we have 140 listeners, right? 42 listeners in the live chat right now. Yay! Yay! Wow, so many. It's so it is so many. So I'm glad we brought. We love you guys and girls. Thank you for being here. All people. Um. Well, do you guys have? If anyone has any final thoughts or things they want to say about this crossover, uh, this is a chance. Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna sign off here with the only way we can do it, uh, uh, which is what the only reason I brought Morgan on because you know I mean. I love her. The, uh, that, yeah, I mean that's really the only reason. We we do have some requests in the chat to talk briefly about the Danvers sisters scene. So, I mean, was that was the best part of the I, third it, episode for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've seen so many great Danvers sisters stuff. It's always they know that they can fall back on that relationship for yeah. Kara and. Uh, and and Alex because everybody loves them so much and it's such a well written uh, sister relationship and it oh, they always bring a tear to my eye I was like I was getting emotional even though I was like God we've seen this so many times like it'd be but great so for great. some it'd be great for Cara to get something else but also God if it doesn't work every single time every single time for me also yeah. um, I feel like we should talk just briefly about Alex's wig which was something. <laughs> I didn't think the wigs could get worse, and then Alex showed up in that wig, and I was like, oh, no, they can. What if we just Why gave her a weird like braid? Like, as a cosplayer, <laughs> like, I just want to go there and give them wigs. Like, well, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. My Alex kink is weird braids. doesn't really watch this current no. version of Supergirl, I didn't know that it was a wig, so I just thought her hair got real bad. So. Oh. <laughs> I just feel like the show is like supposed to be like. Remember when when Alex was air quotes straight? Right. <laughs> she had no. look at that that braid says heterosexual to you, right? It, okay, not has, really. But Star Wars fans out there, it's like the same braid they have the Padawans wear in like yeah. the cool oh Star Wars God. movies. And all I could think of was like so that strange. whole that whole thing. Uh, also, shout out to Danvers girls in the chat. I'm considering it canon that that Alex and Pam from HR ended up together. Oh, I mean, well, I did. I was very. I think everybody's talking about the the great DC, uh, DC little cameos and Easter eggs. But for me, the biggest Easter egg was another mention of Pam from HR. I just, Pam from HR. I just want, I just want to know her story. Like, what's going on with Pam from HR? Why can't we get more Pam from HR in Supergirl is my question. And yeah. these are the meanwhile, I'm holding it down for Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. Kelly, never forget Kelly. Pour one out for Kelly. Never. R.I.P. Never, never forget. forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but soon, this season, Kelly Olsen coming soon to CW. Soon, Sundays at 877 on the CW. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope Kelly Olsen does better than than my, my sweet, sweet Kelly from season one. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, guys, I think this is going to be it because um, it's getting late on both coasts. Um, so, but guys, this was so much fun. And uh, you guys in, in live, you're awesome. Thank you for joining us as always. Um, next year, Cries on Infinite Earth. You're going to get <laughs> everyone is going to be wrecked. Um, and um, well, who knows Who knows how many podcasts will be on at, this po- at that point on air. Um, it depends on how much Morgan will allow me to have on. Um, <laughs> I've got to cut it off somewhere. This is getting ridiculous. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it is, it is, but at the same time, it's what I do. So I want to thank all my hosts who have um, who have joined us tonight and um, shared their thoughts. Uh, this episode will, will become available on all the feeds. So it will be up on Quiver, Flash Podcast, Super Radio, and Bad Woman Podcast, all the feeds throughout the week. Of course, the mega feed, so uh, don't you worry about that. They will be up for those who couldn't tune in. And um, yeah, so Morgan, um, you're the one who's going to... Okay, I'm gonna... All right. Don't mess it up. I've been preparing for this all week, like, Rocky style, just, like, running up steps and just yelling the names of the podcast, so I'm ready. All right. You got this, Morgan. I do. Thank you. Thank you for believing in me. Okay, Quiver, the Green Arrow podcast, the Flash podcast, Supergirl Radio, and Batwoman podcast are part of the DC TV podcast network. So, if you also like... Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, and the upcoming Batwoman show, plus classic t- DC TV shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. Woo! <sighs> oh, Just boy. They have what network is this? I'm not. <laughs> oh, oh, no. DC TV? DC TV? <laughs> <laughs> it might be the DC TV podcast network. I'm not quite sure. What, what is? What do we D- cover? DC TV shows. That's what, good. What is DC TV podcast though? I don't know. Do you, <laughs> do you know? I don't know. I've lost track. Um, and I'm sure by next year there will be more shows on the network. And I'm sure Morgan will probably put me to my grave at that point. So, um, comes at my funeral next December. Um, open invitation, an open bar because that's how I'm going out. Um. <laughs> I just... Maybe maybe Crisis will take care of a couple of those shows for me. Like maybe I'm in like I've like slipped them a twenty. I'm just like Crisis a couple of these shows off my list. <laughs> People are asking like, uh, did you say Titans? She said Titans. Um, I did indeed say Titans. It was a little. It was fast. I was picking Mark up. Mark HB as we want elongated bad. Well, Swara doesn't, so it won't happen. No, um, no, we won't. <laughs> yeah, but um, but we're guys, good. We're, 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 yes. <laughs> They're just announcing shows every month. <laughs> Trust me, it's not fun for me either having to like secure like domain names and all these other things and so on. Uh, but you know, but it's, you know, I know how much I can torture Morgan with it. So I'm like, it's kind as much as it tortures, it pains me. It's worth torturing Morgan over it. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all. That's all I can say. But guys, thank you so much for listening and. Uh, just the Flash, Super Bowl, and Arrow, and Legends Tomorrow, and Black Knight will all be back in... Uh, no, Legends will be back in April, sadly. But the other show will be back in January. So, um, I don't know what the, all the projects are going to do now, like, before Christmas gets in here. I sh- I'm sure Flash probably we will do one last episode, and then we're taking a damn hiatus, because I need to rest my voice. Um, but, again, thank you so much, and, um, yeah, if you guys want to say goodbye to the listeners, go ahead. <laughs> We just say stay sharp, Arrowheads. So thank you for all those hashtag quiver all the ways that are listening live in the chat. And 
Everybody on Quiver, you know, you know where to find us. Mike and Amanda signing out. Stay sharp, Arrowheads. We're now going to say, "Flash you later." Flash you later. I, I realize that Supergirl <laughs> Radio doesn't have a fun catchphrase, uh, so I'll just use the Legends of Tomorrow one. You know, just to bring a little bit of Legends in besides Gary. So stay legendary. And may the Speed Force be with you. Thank you.